See to it that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am he and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. Luke chapter 21 verse 8. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would um, anoint and use my words to be useful for bringing out your eternal truth from your holy word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, I'd like you just to sort of place something in your mind with a thought prompt. So just don't say anything, but just think um, what comes to mind when the topic is suggested, the end of life on this planet. So just hear that phrase, the end of life on this planet. Just what comes to mind, just take note of it. We're going to come back to that in just a minute. Okay. If someone on the news tonight said, um, I am Jesus, the end is at hand. I don't think very many Christians would fall for it, right? You wouldn't fall for it. You'd be like, it's clearly a charlatan. There's almost zero risk of being led astray. So I think what the Lord is talking about in this teaching is not only those who are sort of um, sacrilegious enough to say such wild things, but anyone who's communicating a message sort of in that spirit, a message that is implying messiahship and insight into the end. I actually, in meditating on this passage for this week, I think um, the clue actually is really there in that second part of the phrase, the time is at hand. In terms of developing for ourselves a radar to sort of sniff out false teaching that would tempt us to be led astray. And I think actually that anybody, anyone in any entity who says, um, the time is at hand, meaning like the end time, I think the very act of saying that sort of reveals the posture of the speaker as having a Messiah complex. I have this special insight, and because there's always kind of dovetailed in, right? Like, and I have the solution to get through it, right? Whatever it may be. The end is nigh, and, you know, anyone who says that, and I know that, and here's what I think you should do about it. As an aside, it's really meaningful that Jesus only even talks about his second coming in this last week of his ministry, last week or two, and only then just a little bit, right? It's not the preoccupying feature of his teaching. He talks about the kingdom of God that is being established in their midst and will be fully established at the end time. But the actual end times, he talks about only very little in the Gospels. So in this um, historical moment we find ourselves in, because every age has its own different temptations, and thinking about it, and this is what I want to suggest for your, um, for your discernment, I think the chief foot on which this shoe fits, when I look around the kind of like the messaging landscape, who is saying, the end is at hand, the end is at hand? And chiefly, I think it is the, um, the climate change movement on the lips of politicians, celebrities, activists, constantly yelling through literal and metaphorical megaphones, right? The time is at hand. And if you analyze the messaging a little bit, and I always feel like in this moment in preaching, I feel like I can kind of sense the uneasiness in some of your minds of like, oh no, Ben's getting particular about things in our culture. It would be the easiest thing in the world to preach about things that never apply to real life. And I believe God does not call his preachers to do that. 
think about the messaging of the climate change activism. It's always in this sort of eschatological key, right? The end is at hand, a fear mongering about it. And there's even figures who rise up in the movement sort of in a sort of prophetic quality, these sort of heralded like icons of this person is really preaching the truth that actually has borrowing the language of Christianity more and more. I've seen quotes and heard them. We will not be forgiven for our sins against the planet, right? That's Christian language applied to this movement. And I think actually this is characteristic, right? God who knows us best invites us into a true world of the Christian religion that is perfectly suited for our spiritual and physical needs. And so when we, if anyone cuts themselves off from the church, what we see in every, every time is recreating a sort of parody version of something that exists in the church. Because as souls, we long for the things that only God provides through his son, through the body of his son, the church. So there's a, a dozen examples, but you know, if you cut off making confession to God in prayer and confessing to one another, as the Bible tells us to, well, then we invent psychoanalysis, where you just confess to a therapist. Right? We stop building buildings to glorify the Lord, and we stop building huge skyscrapers. We abandon listening to the actual Messiah who tells us about the actual end of human history, and we look to false messiahs and their imagined apocalypses. And fighting climate change has become a primary engine of national government messaging, international collaboration. The UN, I think, just met this last week to talk about it again. And people, I think, fundamentally look to humans, politicians chiefly, to offer a rescuing that is a trust that we should actually be only putting in Jesus Christ. Jesus, I believe, would say in the face of this sort of phenomenon of our times, see that you are not led astray. Do not go after them. Now, I want to be really clear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying that Christians should be cavalier or wasteful of the resources God has trusted us with to steward, right? In, being, in sort of calling what, this out what I believe God would have me call out. I'm not saying the Christians are called, called to like swing the other way and be wasteful. We're, we are stewarded. We, we've been entrusted with the stewardship of this earth. Nor am I denying that the temperature of the planet is rising. I'm not trying to even enter into that fray. I'm talking about the narratives that run through our heads and the way we anchor our lives and meaning around them. So let me go back to that first question. When I mentioned about the end of life on this planet, did you think about what was in your mind? Was it rising ocean levels and inhospitable um, weather systems and the collapse of ecosystems? Or was it Jesus Christ coming back in glory with all his angels and all the souls of the saints to judge the earth forever? Just ask what was in your head. You don't, don't, you don't have to nod firmly or negative. But I think with this messaging, we need to be clear that, no, the Lord has told us how the world ends with his coming back. And that's the narrative that should ground our lives and our sense of the direction of history that we're participating in. So against all present-day false messiahs, and there are others, this one just has stuck out keenly in my mind um, in thinking about this scripture. It's then especially um, revelatory to hold up the true Messiah, Christ Jesus, and how different he is from the pretenders of today. We see in the end game that the pretenders of today are really only seeking to serve themselves. 
But Christ Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And we, most magnificent of all, Jesus isn't just telling us about some very difficult era at the end of the age and then leaving it at that. He has himself provided for us the means of surviving through the apocalypse. Right? His own, through his own coming again, when all will be revealed and God's judgment will be final and forever, he's provided for us already ahead of time the means of survival himself. Being hidden in him. You Christians, we Christians, who are hidden in the body of Christ, that is the ark of salvation. I ought never get over that prayer we prayed last Sunday at the baptism, right? Where Christ is called the ark of God, where the church is called the ark of God, through which we are able to sail through this entire life and the judgment that is to come. And this ark was created in his own body. One of the church fathers talks about the the piercing of Jesus' side as being like the opening of the door of the ark in Noah's day, into which we come cleansed by his blood, hid within his body that he's given for us on the cross. That is our confidence for passing through the actual end times. All glory be to God, our Savior, and our Judge. Amen.